You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Hello, Jared here. Okay, it's Thursday, so Assembly Call Radio is coming tonight. Don't worry. Andy, Ryan, Coach will all be there. I think they're going to do the off-season player preview of CJ Gunn. We were just exchanging emails a little bit ago, trying to go over what that is going to be. But I've got this special edition episode for you, uh, which I think, no, I know you're really going to enjoy. It's IU alum Damon Bruce, who has spent his career out in the Bay Area being one of the leading, most authoritative voices on Bay Area sports. And now one of our own, Trace Jackson Davis, is out there in the Bay Area for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Damon did an awesome episode on Trace the day after uh, Trace was drafted. And so I immediately reached out and set this up. Uh, And we have a long, in-depth conversation about the fit for Trace in Golden State you know, all the reasons why we both think, you know, this is going to be successful and was really a great situation for Trace to end up in. Um, So I think you'll really, you know, get a lot from that conversation. And then, you know, stick around because we talk about Damon's experience in Bloomington, uh, taking the Bob Knight coaching class, has some great stories, uh, ends with a great story uh, about an experience that he had with Calvert Chaney, Keith Smart, and Chris Mullen uh, in Golden State uh, back in the mid-2000s. Just a wide-ranging conversation uh, that covers a lot of ground and that any uh, Indiana fan and grad, I think, will really appreciate. So that is coming here. Uh, and make sure that you subscribe to Damon's new show as he talks about he's going to really be focusing on Trace uh, with his new show. Uh, so there'll be a lot of, of good, insightful episodes there. Um, so the link is in the show notes, but he's got a YouTube channel, got a podcast. So we highly recommend that you subscribe to that. Uh, so we will get to that interview here in a moment but first let's talk about our sponsor yes homefield apparel ladies and gentlemen this episode of the assembly call brought to you by our friends at homefield apparel just like all episodes of the back home network are and we continue to recommend that you go to homefieldapparel.com, whether you want to get IU gear, whether you you know are a fan of another college university or have friends or family members who are, Homefield Apparel should absolutely be the first place that you go because they've really got something for everybody there. They've got something for every season. And even if you're not like a big fan of a particular college or university, if you're a fan of really cool, unique designs on comfortable materials... I bet you'll find something there that's interesting because some of their designs, especially some of the older ones, are just really cool and really unique. They're conversation starters. I get stopped a lot when I'm wearing home field shirts, either from, you know, someone in the audience or, you know, someone who knows about home field. It's just a great place to go and buy gear. And when you go to homefieldapparel.com, if you've never purchased before, you can use our promo code HOME and you'll get 15% off that first order. But if you follow them on Twitter, subscribe to their text alerts, you can sometimes get flash sales, even if you've already purchased, that help you save money on the gear that you're going to buy from Homefield Apparel. So again, the URL is homefieldapparel.com. Our promo code is HOME, H-O-M-E. Go there and get some of the most well-designed, most comfortable apparel that you will find anywhere from a company that's founded by IU grads. What could be better than that? Homefieldapparel.com. Promo code HOME for 15% off. And with all of that said, let's go now to my conversation with Damon Bruce. I think you're really going to enjoy this one. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to this special edition of the Assembly Call, brought to you, as always, by our friends at Home Field Apparel. And while you're waiting for AC Radio tonight, and while we all wait for Trace to make his summer league debut, hopefully this weekend, I thought it would be fun to bring on a guest who is uniquely qualified to discuss Trace's fit in Golden State and many other topics. And the first thing that you need to know about our guest is that his Twitter bio reads, Bloomington Needs Banners. A belief he comes by honestly because he is a proud graduate of Indiana University who has spent the last three decades carving out a successful career in sports media as one of the most authoritative voices on Bay Area sports. And he just launched his own show that anyone interested in following along with Trace's NBA career should absolutely subscribe to. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome to the Assembly Call stage the great Damon Bruce. 
A smattering of applause from the <laughs> upper deck at Assembly Hall. Thank you, uh, Jared. I really appreciate it. Uh, I have been a fan of you and the Assembly Call for years. I'm a fan of the Andy Bottoms jingle. It is <laughs> wonderful to be on with you. And the fact that the Golden State Warriors ended up with Trace Jackson Davis is just like pennies from heaven for me. Not only from, you know, I personally am going to enjoy watching him play. But just in terms of serving the greater Golden State Warrior community, uh, there isn't a single player, there isn't a single human being on the planet that the Warriors could have drafted at any draft position that I am more familiar with than Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, what the kid has played, he started 126 games at Indiana, not lying. I watched 111 of them, and that's being conservative. I, you know, I, mean, I mm-hmm. missed a couple over his four-year run, but I've, I've watched basically this kid grow up as a basketball player, so I'm very excited that he's in Golden State. I think he's a great fit. I think he's a really good kid. I've had the pleasure of meeting him at his introductory press conference, and I'm excited for Trace to become a, a staple here in the Bay Area. Well, you did a great episode uh, of your show the day after the draft. I mean, just talking about Trace and his fit, and we're going to get into all that. Uh, It also featured an excellent quote that I pulled as a drop that we'll be using on future episodes of the show, which is this one. Indiana is a fucking monster. <laughs> which I, which I loved, um, but it but it was great, and so and I want to get into. I mean, obviously, I mean, I recommend everybody go back and listen to that, and I'll link to it in the show notes. But I want to start with kind of a big meaty question and let you go, which is, you know, why should Indiana fans be excited about Trace's fit in Golden State, and then why should Golden State fans be excited about what they're getting in Trace? Because. I mean, to me, every way you look at it, it's just a great fit all around. And he couldn't have ended up in a better spot. And it really seems like he's in a, you know, the things that he brings to the table really fits the way that Golden State wants to play. They need a rim running small ball center who doesn't play outside of his own limitations. And one of Trace Jackson Davis's strengths is avoiding his limitations. You know, you want to criticize him for not taking jump shots. Well, aren't players supposed to avoid what they don't do well in a game and play to what they do, you know, what they're very good at in a game. And that's what Trace does. And just because Trace never pulled his game out to the perimeter doesn't mean he doesn't have all sorts of developed game around the rim now it's not like he well he you know all he does is dunk he is much more sophisticated than that he's got a little bit of a finesse game around the rim so i just think he fits what the warriors need and the context of the soundbite where i said indiana is a bleeping monster mm-hmm. well i said that because you know, the first pick that the Warriors took in the past draft was a kid named Brandon Pajemski, and we don't know much about him. He played at Santa Clara, and he essentially, hey, who knows what he's going to be in the NBA? I have no idea. He looked pretty good in a couple of Summer League California Classic games. You know, there's nothing you really can take away from that because he's not even playing against actual NBA players. So what can be garnered from a Summer League game? I don't know. But Brandon Pajemski in his entire college career since transferring from Illinois to Santa Clara, hasn't played a basketball game in a gym filled with 2,000 people unless Gonzaga was on the schedule. You know, Trace Jackson Davis didn't just have all the eyes of Assembly Hall on him. He had all the eyes of the state of Indiana and one of the largest alumni bases in the world focused on him over four years. There isn't much of a difference being under the scrutiny of professional basketball's media and being under the scrutiny of Indiana fans. You know, we're a we're a big boy monster fan base and we love our guys, but we know basketball and we get picky. <laughs> so, um Trace Jackson Davis arrives to Steve Kerr's roster with more basketball bona fides and miles traveled under his belt than really any other rookie Steve Kerr has ever had. 
And one of the criticisms of Steve Kerr is that, well, he's never really gotten much out of his rookies. This is going to be a huge year for Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody if they're indeed on the opening night rosters. Um, They're going into their junior years, if you will, in the NBA. So we'll see if they have slowly developed. But those guys, especially Kaminga, was billed as incredibly raw. James Wiseman, the rawest of number two picks maybe in the history of the NBA didn't work out because he didn't come. He didn't arrive in Steve Kerr's first practice, Jared, with the basic language of basketball already in him. Trace Jackson Davis might not speak the NBA dialect, but he is fluent in basketball. There is no scenario that he hasn't seen on a basketball court. He sees the game. He knows the angles. As we were talking about, he knows his own limitations. He plays within himself. He's incredibly smart. He's a really smart player. He makes the right choices. It's why, you know, he led the team in assists this year. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, I, I just think that he arrives with the kind of resume that speaks to professional success. It has historically. The last two consensus All-Americans from Indiana were Oladipo and Zeller. They were both in the playoffs this year. Unfortunately, Victor's knee is hamburger, and he'll never be what we hoped. But maybe he fits into Oklahoma City now that he's arrived there. Um, Cody did not represent well, but it's, you know, I love Cody Zeller. It's one of my guys. Um, I, I just think that he is ready for day one of NBA basketball in a way that no other rookie really has been for Steve Kerr. And I think that he is going to get minutes and I I cannot believe Jared, where he fell in the draft. I know I can't believe how many times did the Pacers not draft him? How many picks did the Pacers have and just let him go? Let him go. This is the third time. The the third all-time leading scorer, leading rebounder, leading shot blocker at a place that's been playing basketball for about 121, 122 years. That should still mean something. He's 23 years old. To me, I know that draft Knicks look at that as a minus. I look at it as a plus because he's walking into a locker room where maturity is a prerequisite. That's one of the reasons why Jordan Poole isn't with the Warriors anymore. His maturity uh, never blended into the Warriors. That's for sure. And just, you know, when I start thinking at night how this fits together and how Trace wins Rookie of the Year, I'm, I'm going nuts <laughs> in my own mind, right? Um, do you realize that this guy's first two professional point guards are are Steph Curry and Chris Paul? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing. How, how, how set up is Trace for success? I know in the last Assembly Call episode you did with Andy, you were talking about how this is, you know, it's unfortunate he was the second to last pick in the draft, but situations dictate careers as much as talent. And mm-hmm. I think Trace Jackson Davis, Jared, he finds himself in just a spectacular situation. He's in a place where they want him. You know, that's the great thing. I mean, they traded up to get him. He got the four-year contract, two years guaranteed, which is, I mean, just great for a guy who fell to that spot. And so yeah. the number may not be what you want, but whatever. The situation is great. I think he's obviously, I mean, we're in alignment. I think he has a chance to really carve out a nice career. I am curious what you think his role will be this year. You know, because when he was drafted, they hadn't announced the Draymond re-signing yet. And so it was a little bit unclear what was going to happen there. Warriors still have Kevon Looney, who I've long thought is one of the best, you know, kind of player comps for Trace and what he can be at the end at the NBA level. Those two guys are still there. Where do you think Trace fits in this year as a rookie in terms of getting minutes on a team that clearly believes it can win another NBA title? Yeah, I mean, I think he is what he's he's the the third third big off the bench. I mean, it's it's Kavan, it's Draymond, and then it's Trace Jackson Davis, unless they go out and and do something, unless something happens between now and opening night, the roster is a small roster, I think forward okay. a straight up good old-fashioned power forward that is uh th- that is just going to do all the things that the guys in the nba don't really get accolades for doing again kavon looney is this basketball resource that wasn't appreciated until just a playoff run ago when he started pulling down 20 rebound games and you know doing all he can to lock down dirk Nowitzki or not dirk Nowitzki, but luka Doncic. sorry going back to last year's mavericks yeah. <laughs> he didn't he didn't deal with dirk it was it wasn't dirk but um it, it, 
I just think Trace is is a basketball player, just a straight up basketball player, and that's what the Warriors need in their front court. Not someone who's trying to play any hero ball, someone who knows how to get a rebound and either take the right dribble or find the right outlet pass and just start the break and pull down a rebound, pull down offensive rebounds. This is what Trace does. I mean, what basketball team couldn't use a player who's just looking to kick ass eight feet and in? And, and that's mm-hmm. what Trace does. You know, from inside of eight feet, that's his little domain. And, you know, seven foot two, four, Zach Eady, Trace would play right through him. Um, bigger NBA bodies and stronger, full-grown NBA men are clearly going to give him some problems in his rookie year. Um, but I, I do think, like, you know, Trace is getting minutes in game one. You're going to throw him out there and you're going to see. I, I, I think that the Warriors also have a roster that is going to dictate that he get minutes and hopefully he fits that need because the, the Warriors are not a big basketball team. So they're going to need trace to show up and, and give them some interior presence just right away. I don't, I don't know how they get through the season without someone else helping out down low. And I agree with you. The Kavon Looney comp is imagine Kavon Looney with more springs in his leg and a better finisher around the rim. That's what I've been selling Trace as to Warriors fans. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I mean, the reality of the NBA is, and you saw it in the playoffs this year, you need, you know, guys often taken in the second round on those cheaper contracts to contribute, you know, to make it work, especially when you have a top heavy roster like Golden State, which is Absolutely. another reason why he's such a good fit. Cause, you know, a lot like a Christian Brown, you know, last year for the Nuggets ready to step right in and play minutes right away because he's a mature basketball player like what you said. Let me ask you this, just to take the devil's advocate side of it. If this doesn't work out, you know, if Trace doesn't have the kind of NBA career that you and I and a lot of other Indiana fans think he will, what do you think will be the reasons? Outside of injury, you know, and, and even outside of shooting because clearly that is a skill that he hasn't shown yet, but guys are succeeding in the NBA without the ability to shoot when they can do all the things he does. So I don't think that will hamper him from having a successful career. But if he doesn't, what do you think will be the reason? His foot speed defensively, not Mm -hmm. being able to switch up and come out and guard on the perimeter, which is something I think he can do, but it needs to happen in the NBA before you can say he can actually do it. You know, the NBA takes college success and and spits on it (laughs) constantly. So we got to see it at the next level before you can just assume it's going to happen. Foot speed defensively, and just having a game that is predictable because he isn't giving you another look. He's not taking you out to a second or third level. They'll be just you know, collapsing on him like an accordion, and he's not going to have the upper body strength early on in his career to fight through it. Um, that would be his undoing. That and just not fitting with the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors are a curious case. They really, mm-hmm. truly are. Um, I've seen guys who are rookies not fit with this team. I've seen establishing themselves NBA players not fit in with the Warriors. I don't know if it's stylistically how they don't fit in or generationally. Again, this is where I think being a 23-year-old man and not some 19-year-old kid and having a father who's put that NBA DNA in his veins. Like, you know, Trace Jackson Davis grew up going to shoot around at at Market Square Arena, right? So he has grown up around the game. I think he speaks the language of professional basketball through his father. And I, I, I hope that helps him blend into an incredibly intimidating locker room. I mean, the Warriors yeah. got... Three Hall of Famers just there to greet you as you walk in the door. Hi, I'm Steph Curry. I'm Clay Thompson. I'm Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. And then Draymond's going to check him. Mm-hmm. You know, how how does he get along with Draymond? How do those personalities mesh together? And if Draymond really takes a liking to him and makes him his pet project, that is a wonderful NBA mentor to have, just in terms of all the defensive acumen any player would need. Uh, One of the reasons why I think Draymond and Jordan Poole literally came to blows because Jordan wasn't there to play defense. I think Trace will be there to play defense. So, I mean, I, 
I really, I, I hope it's not me in my own mind, Jared, wanting this to fit. So I'm trying to force it into fitting in my own mind. I really just, I think it's going to work because a mature, developed, experienced basketball player is there to be deployed in a game where if you can pass, you're going to get assists. I mean, you just, you, you got the ball down low, played inside out basketball, look for a perimeter shooter who happens to be Steph Curry. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, it should work. It should fit. And he's also, I never thought, never even thought in like Trace's 10 dunk explosive games, his gaudy box scores. Never once did I think he was selfish. I never no. thought Trace was out there stuffing stats and trying to make his resume padded a little bit better. You know, I'm I'm going to come out here tonight to help Indiana win and make sure I'm a first team All American. Like he, he, I never got the. I this is this is probably nonsense, but I've always felt that Trace would have gladly have not scored in an NCAA title game, the Hoosiers won. You know what I mean? Like, he is a oh, yeah. team-first guy, and he's loyal as hell, and I just think that that all fits. I think he's the kind of guy that Steve Kerr is really going to like really early, and I don't know if we can say that about all of Steve's rookies. All you need to remember about Trace is the game in West Lafayette last year against Purdue, where, you know, people look at it, and it's like, well, you know, Trace didn't play very well. Jalen did everything. Well, Jalen was able to do everything because... Trace played his role and didn't force it and allowed the game to dictate what happened. I thought he played phenomenal, even right. though his stats don't show it. So I agree with you, you know, and, and I think and his look. mentality came a long way during his four years at Indiana. And that to me is the shining example of it. If you're installing a game plan on how to play the Warriors and you're going over a full on scouting report, how many players do you even go through before you get to Trace Jackson Davis? <laughs> for, yeah, him be, for him to be the least worried about option on a basketball court just gives him the kind of space I think that he's going to do well in. So yes. I that there's another reason why I like that too. You're going to be you're going to be guarding the perimeter so much. He might be playing a little two-man game down low with Draymond which which I think could work out very well because but Draymond can pass too. I mean just the the alley-oop opportunities from Draymond and Chris Paul and Steph Curry are just I I don't want to say Lob City because nobody up here likes the Clippers, and truthfully, nobody up here likes Chris Paul very much. People will will glom on if indeed he is on this team. Mm -hmm. But um, it's it, I just think that sky's the limit for opportunity for this guy to to fit in well. And I think he you know my mom's got a saying: sometimes you really know need to know how to stand out, and other times you need to know how to wear beige and blend in. Yep. And I think that Trace is going to do that. He's not going to show up day one being the, hey, Spike, yes, yeah, Spike, I'm the new guy here, Spike, and what do you need me to do, Spike? And I, you know, just following you, Spike, whatever you need. I, I, I think he's just going to be a cool customer day one, and that's going to go a long way to earning the trust of his new teammates. You know, one of the things that I really liked about this fit as soon as he got selected is the ability to learn from a guy like Draymond, who is just one of the smartest basketball players that we've ever seen. <laughs> And it strikes me that the timing is good because I feel like if Trace came in last season with Draymond's contract situation up in the air, maybe he sees Trace as more of a threat. Now Absolutely. he's got the four-year deal. He's finishing his career in Golden State. I wonder if he'll be a little bit more open to taking on a mentorship role for a guy like Trace, who clearly is a be. very coachable guy and would listen to whatever Draymond had to say. That Draymond is going to take it upon himself to be more of a mentor, to find the voice. He said that he lost after the, the incident with Jordan Poole, which, you know, throughout the entire regular season, everyone associated with the Golden State Warriors did their best to dismiss it. You know, it happened when we got back from China before the year even started in the video, it was all embarrassing, but it's water under the bridge and everybody's a pro. And then as soon as the season was over and it ended on a disappointing note, the very first talking point was, man, that Jordan Poole Draymond punch really screwed up the entire year. And Draymond lost his voice as a leader and he didn't really reestablish himself. <laughs> so they came clean that it haunted them all year. Now that that ghost is out of the mansion, I really do think that Draymond is going to give 
you know, trace the best big brother treatment he's probably ever given a rookie. Because like you said, his future now with the Warriors has been secured. He got the bag. He doesn't need to worry about anything other than trying to get Steph one more NBA finals appearance. And then eventually working on that Hall of Fame induction speech, which the day that Draymond goes into the Hall of Fame, they'll be making, you know, triple single jokes. And they'll be making triple single jokes at a guy who's got at least four rings. And it was, you know, Draymond. Having some slight connection issues here. Let's see if we get Damon back. The connections cut out a couple times. Okay. The connection cut out there just a little bit. Oh, but let, let's see if it's back. You're talking about Draymond, the triple single jokes. Okay. From yeah. The, from so the people who don't know basketball. You, you, you can always tell who knows basketball and who doesn't by how they feel about Draymond Green. He really because, is. He, he's like a Rorschach test. What do you yes. see when you look at this? Do you see a butterfly or does it just look like an ink blotch? Yeah. Um, he really is. Draymond is the kind of guy that is is you, you tell on yourself. You tell on yourself by how you talk about Draymond. And having said all that, whatever your opinion is about Draymond Green, it's at least 35% correct. Whatever your opinion is, whether it's positive or negative, whether you love him, whether you hate him, like he is the ultimate yin and yang type of of player. You you can see what you want to see. You can not like what you see an awful lot of the time. You can learn the game of basketball and interpret that all the things he does that never end up in the box score have helped hang banners at Chase Center. And um, he really is. He's 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 a misunderstood you know, tempest of, of a player with his podcast and everything. People love to hate Draymond Green, and he loves to be hated. But I think he also is getting old enough to where he wants he he wants to earn back some of the respect that he knew he lost in his own locker room. So watch him be the best big brother to Trace Jackson Davis. Trace could hopefully hope for. What is Looney's contract situation? You know, that's Do you a know great, off the top of your right? head? You know, so, you know, Kavon Looney's one of those guys where you just, you don't worry about him. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, just, you know, you just, you just, he, he's a given. He's always there. Uh, Kavon Looney contract. Let me see right now. We're looking at uh, someone who, yeah, he's got a, uh, a, a seven and a half million partially guaranteed uh, eight million coming up. And then he's an unrestricted free agent in 2025. And the only thing I'm going to tell you about Kavon Looney is he fits the bill of someone who will never put on another uniform that is outside of his biological children. That's Steve Kerr's favorite kid. Yeah. Kavon Looney is the greatest player. Steve has developed as a head coach that he was drafted. Um, to play for, and he's the one guy who's fit and he does again, all of those little things, all the dirty work. Kevon Looney is the ultimate garbage man, and yep. that's what the Warriors need because they've got enough. They, they, they've got they got enough marquee star power to where some guy who just wants to carry a lunchbox and go to work is exactly who they need. And again, that's that's what I think Trace Jackson Davis is going to do for him a little bit. Trace is not going to look to be famous. Like I don't think Trace Jackson Davis is going to be very worried about looking cool walking into a, the arena for the NBA fits Twitter feed. Like he's just, I just think he's, he's mature enough to be over all the trappings that so many young players fall into. And let's face it. Like I'm going back to Indiana as a monster. He's had the eyes of a basketball world on him so long. He's not going to be, like taken aback by, oh my God, I'm in the NBA now. Look at people are really paying attention. People have been paying attention to Trace for five years, very much. So um, I just, I think the kid's wired. Yeah, and you've got to be mentally wired to make it in this league because, I mean, even Adam Silver talks about how he's got a league full of miserable players who can't get off social media, who can't stop looking at the constant stream of criticism from total nobodies that comes their way. Kevin Durant can't get away from the nobodies. You know, I mean, he can't. So, um, I just, I think it fits. I think it fits physically. I think it fits mentally. And 
boy, I hope it does because I would just, I'd love to see it work out for him out here. It would mean it would just from a personal standpoint, like I want to think that I know enough about basketball and can see this coming to predict it working out. And if it doesn't, I'll be, I'll be really disappointed. I really will. Like I'm all in on this. Mm -hmm. I've never, I, I think it's safe to say I will never be this gung ho about the second to last pick of an NBA draft in my lifetime. (laughs) So there you go. I think that's fair to say. It's funny. The only thing that may be disorienting for trace is just being part of a team. That's a high volume, high percentage, three point shooting team. It's going to be like a different basketball experience for him. So (laughs) he'll just, he'll have to get used to that, but that'll, it'll open a lot of things up for him. So I think it'll be uh, quite enjoyable. You're out there in the Bay Area. I'm sure you keep, you know, a little bit of attention toward the Lakers. Do you have any thoughts on Jalen's fit in L.A.? I, I, you know, I mean, I like him as an NBA body, right? I think the Jalen Hood Shafino's got NBA written all over him. I also think he is the type of player who, if he stayed in Bloomington one more year for, for Mike Woodson, he could have been a top five pick in the next draft. But showing up with the Lakers, it's going to come with an awful lot of pressure. Um, to play next to LeBron James is to carry a burden that very few players can actually handle the weight of. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll see. I like Jalen Hood Shafino. He had he had this kid needs another year in college to me just so written all over him. He he really did. And I and I don't say that to belittle his accomplishments. I say that because I'm so Im- impressed by his accomplishments. He just needs to learn how to be a better basketball player. You know. Again. Yeah. The, the Lakers draft a guard in Jalen hood Shafino, but then the Warriors come back in the second round and take a forward who had more assists than the guard that the Lakers just took. You know, so it, it's like he needs to learn more about the game, and it's tough to learn the game at the NBA level. It's doubly tough to learn the game under the pressures of wearing a Lakers jersey as well. Um, it's great for Indiana that he landed on such a high-profile team. And if he really blossoms into a player, it's fantastic. I mean, Indiana had a good night on the recruiting trail on the night of the NBA draft, for sure. And I hope that it keeps up. I really do, because I think Mike Woodson's got a really good thing going. I'm going to wish Jared all the very best. He's a Laker, so you you really can't root for him. I'll root for him, but I can't root for the Lakers. (laughs) Uh, But it's... uh, I, I. the Lakers are just a curious team. You know, they stunk right. last year until they made the huge trades at the deadline, and then they 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 were the opposite of stinking. They they put together one of the best records in the league post February. So, how does he look? How does he fit next to what Austin Reeves? Um, it's 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 going to be interesting. He's got a long body. It should work. He translates. He hustles. He moves. He's fast. He's quick. He's a hell of an athlete. He's streaky as hell. You know, if the shot is on tonight, look out. If it's not on, look out. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I <laughs> I wish him the very best. I really do. I I hope he he has a great career. And you know, in terms of Golden State, Trace isn't the only guy with Hoosier ties there. I believe Will Sheehy is an assistant coach on the summer league team. Correct. <laughs> He is. She he kicks it around the Warriors. He is. Uh, um, I don't even know what his official title is. I think his official title is Will Sheehy. Like that's his. That's his title. He's he's the Warriors. Will Sheehy he's now, Will and he's the kind of guy. He's he's. You know what he's like. He's like the the like the 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 student assistant at practice who's good enough to put on a jersey and go out and run with the boys. Yeah, And that's kind of what I think he does for the Warriors. He gives the Warriors an awful lot of scout team looks. He is part of the, you know, game night prep. And uh, yeah, we're, we're surrounded by who that I really wanted him to land Eric Gordon. I really did. And and then I was going to try and get all three guys over to the house for a Hoosiers summit. (laughs) uh, What a great fit. He would have been there too. Eric Gordon would have fit so well at Golden State. He really would have. He, even though Eric's slowing down at this point in his career, he's supposed to slow down. He's been in this league a really, really long time. Yeah. But he finally gets to Phoenix. I mean, remember he signed that offer sheet about a decade ago when Mm -hmm. he was in New Orleans. He wanted to be a son, and he basically went out publicly and begged them, please don't match this. And the Phoenix, or excuse me, the the, the Pelicans did match it. And look, ever since that Eric Gordon game at Illinois, 
which was like one of the nastiest environments I've ever seen a player walk into. Oh, man. And the way that Kelvin's year kind of unraveled. And I, I don't think Eric Gordon has had fun playing basketball in like 15 years. <laughs> I, I hope he has a yeah. fun year. I hope he enjoys himself for the first time in a long time. He's been in a sequence of odd fit and bad situations, really his entire career. I did want him to land with the Warriors, but Phoenix could offer one more year that would have put the Warriors over the apron. The second apron is basically, the second apron was basically built, Jared, to dismantle the Golden State Warriors and prevent another team from ever acting like the Golden State Warriors. And it's not like the Warriors ever did anything wrong. The only thing they did wrong, apparently, was draft Hall of Fame-bound players have success with them and keep them on their roster. That's all they did. That's mm -hmm. all the Warriors did. If you want to say, well, they went ahead and they bought that championship with Durant, they signed the best free agent available at the time. Isn't that what teams are also supposed to do? The Warriors came about in the single best homegrown way that no one appreciates around the basketball world. And it's a saying because Curry drafted by them, Clay drafted by them, <laughs> Looney drafted, Draymond Green drafted by them. They, they have built this team the right way and they've kept it together. And that's what they're being penalized for. It, it stinks that full tax applies to players that you drafted. Yeah. That's something I would have loved to have seen be addressed in the CBA to not make it punitively damaging for owners to keep players fans love because they've had an incredible amount of success. Exactly. Better for the league to have those players stay with those teams and, you know, build up that relationship with the fans. I agree with you. Right. You know, you and I know that we live in a world where they're, you know, like, I don't even like the NBA's regular season. I enjoy the off season and the player movement more. Well, you're an idiot because <laughs> let me tell you how basketball used to be. You used to be able to recognize a team and it's starting five for years after year after year. And that was better. It really was player movement. Fantastic player empowerment. Not so fantastic. Um, uh, you know, maybe I'm old. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm no, old again. It makes it makes basketball better. You know, I think basketball is the sport where continuity is so important. I mean, one of the reasons why watching Denver play was so much fun this year is those guys have been together. Like, you watch Jokic and Murray, and it's like, those two guys just know what each other are going to do. You, you know, and that's been the experience watching to, the Warriors to, for several years. Did you go to Indiana? Do you know basketball? <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, I, I, I've been the first one to say that the secret ingredient to the Denver Nuggets success has been patience. Yes. And that's a hard thing for teams to exercise. It's something that fans have no tolerance for these days. Everyone wants a microwavable, instantly hot NBA champion the minute that they get at home. And that's just not how basketball works. And I totally believe what you just said. The continuity is the biggest missing ingredient, not just really in basketball, but in all sports these yeah. days. Continuity yeah. is... Um, it, it, it's powerful if you can keep it together. And the Warriors have in many ways proven that. And it feels like they're being penalized for it i i i hate that element about the nba where they try to take a an owner and a team who is willing to spend you know just about anything to win and somehow that's a bad thing because other owners don't want to be put in that pressure yeah. of competitiveness that other owners embrace it's really it's what's gross about sports sometimes yeah i agree with you so I want to switch gears a little bit and talk to you about your Indiana experience, um, because with all due respect, I think you had really bad timing with when you arrived at Indiana in 1994, just missing out on the 92 and 93 teams. You still got Alan Henderson and Damon and Brian Evans, but you just missed out on Calvert and Greg and all those guys. Uh, I went what the, was it uh, like being there during those years? It was the first four-year class under Bob Knight to not get a Big Ten title. Yeah. That was my four years in Bloomington. The first four-year class to not enjoy at least one Big Ten championship under night. And beyond that, we also saw the beginning of the unraveling of Bob Knight's grip on reality, I guess we'll call it. Luke Recker, to me, looking back on it with, with the 2020 clarity of hindsight, Luke Recker was Bob Knight's Waterloo. Mm. A kid who just wanted to play it in Bloomington since the time he was born. And Bobby found a way to chase him out of town, too. Just a kid who wouldn't wanted to die for the Hoosiers. 
And that still wasn't good enough for Knight. Like, that's when Knight officially became the tyrannical, just like, it, you want to talk about losing grip on how to talk to another generation. And it's not like Luke Record came from generation TikTok soft as hell. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't come. Luke Recker never heard of Facebook when he was in college. So it wasn't a softening of social media or anything like that. And Luke Recker played his ass off and it still wasn't good enough. And Neil Reed played his ass off for Indiana and it still wasn't good enough for Bobby. And that is when, you know, like my fellow students and I, we'd look around and be like, look, dude, you know, we'd, we'd all lay down in traffic for Bob Knight. But would you? Like, if you did that, do you think you'd even really appreciate it? Like, he's he's gone from old school, general, you know, always angry in a playfully delightful way to Bob Knight to just surly and cruel and bitter. Yeah, And, you know, he had that one moment where he embraces his son and he's like, you know, my favorite all-time Indiana player is Pat Knight. I don't even know how he got that lie out of his mouth. You know, he he rode the shit out of his son. He probably hated his kid on the court. You know, I mean, just Bobby was miserable at that point. So, yeah, it was not only did I have that, but I had the let's completely waste Antoine Randall L's career as yeah. a quarterback. I had the terrible Cam Cameron era black helmet unis. When Indiana Cam Cameron, who didn't even want Antoine Randall when he took the job, which people seem to forget, moved him to wide receiver, <laughs> moved yeah. him to wide receiver. He's like, you know what, kid, even though you got a talent, if you, if Antoine Randall at the time had gone to Nebraska, he would have won a Heisman trophy and Nebraska would have won another national championship. Cam mm -hmm. Cameron shows up and he's like, yeah, let's try you out in the slot. I mean, God almighty. And, um, and, and Indiana didn't even how to understand how to, like uniform its teams. Like you had three different working IU logos. You had a color scheme for the football team. You had a different color scheme for the basketball team. They were, someone was wearing cream and crimson, but not them. They're wearing red and white. And then this is wearing, this is more crimsony and cream. And that's, not, and then the football team wears the, the, the block I, and then, but everyone else is the IU, the trident thing. And then do you want that overlapping or not? Or should it be all one big block IU? I mean, it was just, it was like it was quite the identity get, crisis. Miles Brand, get your shit together is basically what everyone was saying because he was, you know, the president when I was when I was there. So it was it was a weird time. And having said all that, God, I loved every single solitary minute of it. I I did. I really did. And I know everyone listening. I've I've never heard Jared over and over and over again. Whenever I meet someone from Indiana, you know, one of my First questions was, how's your time in Bloomington? I've never gotten anything other than a positive answer. Like, I've never met the fellow Indiana alum who was like, man, I hated college. Yeah. <laughs> not how could one, you? Not, not one. <laughs> I wouldn't trust not, that person anyway if they actually yeah, went to IU. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved it. I had such a good time. I had fun in the dorms. I was... uh I was a member of Sigma Pi. I did my time on the extension. I got out, got an apartment, lived right by uh, Dave's Convenient over there uh, uh, by the football stadium. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I got, I, I feel like I touched all the bases when I was in Bloomington and, and I loved it. That was one of the great times of my life for sure, even though it wasn't necessarily a great time for Indiana basketball. And it's, it's never been a great time for Indiana football. And that's why, look, I, I want to ask all of your, your your viewers and your listeners, you want to help out an Indiana guy, please go ahead and click subscribe to Damon Bruce Plus. It would mean a lot to me. I mean, I every Indiana alumni, I, I got the back of any Indiana alum who needs it. Uh, Indiana, I need your back. Come, come pick up your boy. Come please subscribe. So I'm going to ask for your help, and then I'm going to pre-ask for your forgiveness because in 2024, when USC joins the Big Ten, Oh, God. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm going to get an O.J. Simpson jersey. I am all in on USC. I can't take another just season of Indiana football kicking me in the nuts. It's just the most painful thing. For 30 years, I've been waking up with nothing but misery on Saturdays. I am, 
I'm I'm taking and my wife hates this. My wife went to Cal. She hates USC. Oh. I'm in. I'm in. It would be just like me, by the way, to glom onto UCLA. Hey, they got a great basketball team, but the football <laughs> team sucks. Um, no, I'm going USC. I'm going full on dark side. I am. I'm going Vader. The helmet's coming down on me, and I'm going to go. No, yeah, I am going full on US. It's a heel turn. It's a wrestling heel turn. Fight on. I can't take another season of, hey, do you think Indiana can win six games this year? And the answer is no, they can't. Six. Let's maybe try for three or four again before. We, Thank you. Before that's we that's where we six, are. I unfortunately. Just, I mean, I, you know, it, it's not like they've offered me anything other than measurably the worst major college football program in the United States. That's so, who Indiana has been. It's interesting timing. So I'm in a Discord group with you know some other Indiana folks. We were having a debate today about Indiana football for which word more accurately describes the experience. Is it heartbreak or is it apathy? Because to have heartbreak, your heart has to be in it and you have to get close to something for it to feel bad and to break. But right now, it just kind of feels more like apathy. So um, I hear you on USC. Hey, you and Ryan can join up and do the US, USC in the Big Ten podcast. How many He'll times? love it. <laughs> How many times do you have to be beaten within an inch of your life in an alley <sighs> before you stop walking into that alley? You know, that's what I feel like Indiana football. My what? You know, uh, I'll, I'll get up here, and because of the West Coast, you know, I got Indiana kicking off because it's you know Indiana never gets a good slot, so they're always that noon game, which means they're starting at nine a.m. my time. And I'll wake up in the morning and Jillian will see me put that 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 first Indiana game of the season on. And she'll just be like, oh, no, another ruined Saturday. Another, you're going to be miserable to about four o'clock in the afternoon, aren't you? Yeah, oh, yeah that's, that's, that's what we do out here. That's what we do in Bloomington. We, we, we start counting the days to midnight madness as soon as this football team kicks off. Mm -hmm. I'd love to be wrong. And that's the thing. I don't need I don't need to be Me Michigan. Too. I don't need to be Ohio State. Can't, just from a football standpoint, can't we be Minnesota? Like can't we yeah. be Iowa? Can't we go to one major bowl game every 8 years? That's all I'm looking for. That's it. I'm not looking for I'm not that's the thing. I wasn't looking to be USC. But I never knew I had that option until <laughs> I now right. have it. So I'm, that's fight on. Da, 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 da. I'm a full <laughs> heel turn. I, I apologize. Please subscribe. And I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. That's something called listeners have been listening to Ryan talk about USC for 12 years. So it's fine. It's all good. <laughs> um, what did you, when you were on campus, did you write for the IDS? What was your media role while you were there? I spent more time at, it was WIUS when I was mm. there, not WIUX. It was WIUS, and it was right next to the uh, Kappa Alpha Theta sorority house, right over by the parking lot that was in front of the Hyper. They've done so much construction on campus, I don't even know if that parking lot exists anymore. But a brick house, kind of yeah. across the street from the Union there, and it was... Um, it's where so many good memories were made. My One of my best friends in the world, Tom Ackerman, who yeah. is the sports director at KMOX. He's getting innings doing um, uh, Cardinals games this year. I'm, I've even heard, you know, little whispers and birdies say that he is, you know, somewhere on Indiana because he's an IU alumni. He's on Indiana's list of what do we do when Don Fisher maybe mm. says goodbye so one of my best friends in the world and I did student radio together at IU. And that's where I fell in love with, with just the medium of broadcasting. It's where Tommy and I's friendship went from we're friends in college to we're going to be friends forever because we share the same professional goals and we both met them in many ways. So um, I, I, I spent more time in the student radio station than I did in the library and I had the GPA to reflect that, but I knew what I wanted to do in life. So yeah. I just concentrated like Trace Jackson Davis. I focused on my strengths and avoided my weaknesses. <laughs> so, um, I, I, I had a great time and that's where I spent the majority of my campus. Never wrote for the IDS, but I still to this day read the IDS and have a scary, scary intuition of predicting who 
as a student writer, is going to be a media member that I'll be interviewing one day. And my single greatest claim to fame is Courtney Cronin. Mm. When Courtney Cronin was covering Indiana football and basketball for the IDS, I'm like, God, this girl can write. She knows how to cover a team. And sure enough, now she's about as you know big of an up-and-coming rising star as you'll find on ESPN. So uh, I, I, Courtney came out here to the Bay Area for a little while. And then she left to cover the Vikings. Then she left to cover the Bears. And now she's yeah. basically, you know, walking hand in hand with ESPN. Um, but I, I saw it coming when she was writing at the IDS. I really did. And it's it's wonderful to see what what she's doing and the success that she's having. And there's always a talented kid covering the team. Oh, there yeah. really is. There, there's always a talented writer or two covering this team. So um, I do. I, I love I love the school. I love Indiana so very, very much. It was one of the best times in my life, and I just happened to end up there. It wasn't anything that I ever planned on. A job pulled my family from the East Coast to Fort Wayne right when I was graduating uh, high school. So it just all happened. It all happened out of nowhere. It was a freezing cold day in February. And my dad, you know, pitched us as like, hey, let's, you know, let's let's drive around the state. Let's see what's in Indiana. We're new here. Let's let's see what the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and in Indianapolis looks like. And maybe stop by Bloomington. And I was like, ah, ah I, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. <laughs> you, you. And we went to Bloomington on one of the worst days to be in Bloomington. It was freezing. It was snowing sideways. And even through all that, all I could see was the opportunity. All I could see is I have to I have to be here. Like this is this is college for real. Actually, this isn't college. This is a university. Like this is everything that I ever dreamed about college might look like as a campus. This is where I want to be. And it's one of the single greatest decisions I've ever made in my outside of marrying my wife, going to Indiana is like one of the great decisions I've ever made. Yeah. What do you think now when you go back and you see the sports media department? which neither of us obviously had the, had the the good fortune to experience while we were there. I graduated December of 97 and the digital center opened up in 1998. <laughs> I mean, my timing, your timing was just, really <laughs> it just couldn't have been. Um, I, I literally like I learned how to edit tape with a razor blade and then yeah. the entire media world changed and everything that I had learned in school was rendered obsolete almost overnight. I love Galen Clavio. What a great guy Galen Clavio is and what a great mentor he's been for so many students coming through Bloomington wanting to learn how to be a member of what is now an ever-evolving, ever-changing media landscape that's got to be very scary and daunting to look at. I mean, here I am as an 18-year-long radio professional in San Francisco with the number one rated afternoon drive sports radio show in Northern California. And I got laid off. Yeah. You know, I mean, I couldn't have had any more success. What more success do you want than no one listens to anyone more than me? And that still wasn't enough to save me because of just the changing media landscape. So you got to adapt or you die. And what I love about Galen is he's just being straight up honest. I mean, we talked, like right after I got laid off, he gave me a call and um, he said, I think I need you back in Bloomington to talk to students because, you know, I don't feel good just training a student to go like have a job on a TV station or write for a newspaper anymore. You're basically sending someone, someone you're sending someone off to their own demise because it's a, such a changing media landscape. And like so ESPN, had, the athletic, like all these people that have dream jobs for a lot of the kids that are in school and they're getting just like you yeah. getting axed left and right. It's yeah. Really it's, unfortunate. It, but having said all that, and this is what I'm embracing. This is something that obviously you and the assembly call braces. We are no longer in a content distributor era. This is the content creator era. And thanks to the technology of social media and YouTube and podcasts, you no longer need this gatekeeper of a platform to go through. If you have an iPhone, if you got this, you got all, you got as big of a platform that has ever been handed any media member in the world. Like this is, this is bigger than NBC universal. This is, this is bigger than Hollywood. 
this is this this is how this is kicking Hollywood's ass. What chance did sports talk radio have, right? I mean, this mm-hmm. this is coming after Hollywood. So, um, it's 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 a hell of a time to be in the media. Again, we're we're coming back to my terrible timing in life. <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's a hell of a time to be in the media, but you got to adapt, and and I'm adapting. And again, if everyone watching the assembly hall. Today, the assembly call decides to hit the subscribe button on Damon Bruce Plus. And again, just hit the subscribe button. You don't have to watch you know, me talk about the Giants bullpen or anything like that. But I am going to be covering Trace Jackson Davis with a microscope and um, building an actual relationship with him that will hopefully allow us to dive into some very good and personal interviews. Um I even told him on the day that I met him, I said, look, I don't, I don't think there's anything professional about this, but I just lost my job. So I don't really care about professionalism anymore. I know what it's like to be a new kid from Indiana in San Francisco. It's a weird place. It's daunting. It might not fit very well on day one, but believe me, you'll grow into the city. San Francisco's awesome. Everything that you read about the demise of San Francisco is wildly exaggerated. I can promise you that. Mm-hmm. And I just told him, I said, look, if you ever need a moment of normalcy, like I'd love to have you over for dinner. Like just, you know, I, I looked at him not as a guy who'd just been drafted into the NBA, but as an Indiana graduate who just moved to San Francisco. Yep. Any Indiana graduate who just moved to San Francisco, you find out a way to get in touch with me. At the least, we're having a cup of coffee together. At very best, you're coming over for dinner. Like, I feel so proud to be an Indiana alumni that I want to give back to any student who's coming through right now. I remember distinctly, Jared, when I was a kid and a student at Indiana, every single time I reached out to everyone, I remember Everyone who reached back to me, who didn't big time me, would return that email, would return that phone call, would have an informational interview with me, you know, not offering opportunity, just advice as a, you know, stepping into the world that you're now stepping into. Let me offer a little advice. And I remember everyone who did it. And I remember everyone who didn't. And I told myself many, many times, I will never not reach back to the hand from Bloomington that reaches for me. Never. So uh, any student that is interested in, in any way I can help, you can find me on Twitter, at Damon Bruce. Reach out, DM me, and I will get back to you. I promise. The only thing that will prevent me from maybe doing it immediately is I've got two insane kids under the age of four upstairs taking an awful lot of time these days. But I will reach back because... Um, Bloomington binds, man. It's a, it's a binder. It ties people together for life. It ties strangers together. I, me, me, my buddy, Greg, uh, Joe Fortenbaugh, who didn't go to IU, but is now on ESPN. Uh, he, he did the morning show at my former station. So he and I became really good friends. He's now a gambling guy based out of Vegas for ESPN. Uh, and Tom Ackerman flew in from St. Louis and we all went to Vegas for that Arizona Indiana game, which obviously was like the worst my, again, my timing, the worst freaking game of the year for Indiana. We got our clocks cleaned by Arizona, yeah. uh, but right up until tip off. Oh, my God. Did it feel like Indiana was back? I mean, there were people walking around downtown Las Vegas for three days with candy striped pants on. It was insane. You would have thought the circus was in town. Awesome. Um, it was it was it. It's the first time I had really, really felt Indiana's back, baby. And then, of course, we get creamed by Arizona and Chris Kerr and all of whatever his name was, Kerr, Chris. I, I, I want to wipe it from my memory <laughs> bank. Anyway, um, it's so good to be with you, man. It really Absolutely. can we do this again sometime? I don't need no. We need bottoms. to. Let's do I don't it. Need an Andy Bottoms jingle, but it's been way too long <laughs> since we talked. And like, I got to talk about how, you know, dude, Xavier, Xavier needs a big year. If we're doing anything, I know there's a lot of expectations, mm-hmm. dude. You can start and end your expectations with what kind of season did Xavier Johnson have? Yep. Is Trey Galloway going to give us a senior year to remember? Mackenzie Mbako. I mean, how, how good is he really going to be? Gabe Cups, like. I've been hearing an awful lot about you, Gabe. Ohio, Mr. Basketball, played for your dad. You got to love a coach's son. Let's see it. I mean, there, there are a lot. There, there isn't a lot of returned production to this team. Is there a no. lot of talent on this team? Yes. Do I like the way Mike Woodson is recruited? Yes. Are there a lot of guys who have gone out and done it in actual Big Ten games? 
No. <laughs> so that's that's the first hurdle this IU team's got to overcome, just learning how to play together um, and, and and figuring out what the pecking order of lead dog is. You know, who's it going to be? Who is going to – Kalel where? What do you got, man? I got a buddy of mine who went to Oregon who's like, he sucks. You're going to – not glad to be rid of him. It's a disappointment. But then I heard that, you know, oh, he's going to be a lottery pick next year. So, uh, all right, well, let's see that. Let's find out. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Calvert obviously is back, and he met with the media today. And one of his first comments after seeing practice is, this team can do some of the things that the 2013 team can do, which I think is a very fair statement in terms of the talent is undeniable. I mean, you you look at mock drafts for next year, and Baco and Ware are both first-round picks. And we know what X can do. We know the talent Malik has, everything that's on the bench. But the question is going to be, how does it actually come together? You can have a lot of disparate, talented pieces, but it comes back to what we just talked about with continuity. It's got to fit. This team doesn't have continuity. Can they develop it over the course of the season? Talent-wise, they've got a ton of talent. Let me ask you one more question. I really appreciate your time um, staying on here with us for this long. This has been great. About Calvert. He obviously finished his career in Golden State. Were you covering Golden State then? And do you have any memories of the twilight of Calvert's NBA career? One of the coolest nights I have ever had in basketball was Keith Smart was the assistant. He was an assistant coach on that Calvert team. And I got talking to the both of them in a tunnel one night and just said, look, you know, I'm, I, I took the coach. I, I was... Here's the one good piece of timing that I had at Indiana. I was the last class to mm-hmm. take the Bob Knight coaching of basketball class. Bob Knight taught a class, the coaching of basketball. Yeah. You could only take it as a senior. It was only taught at 7 a.m. on Mondays and Tuesdays. And he had two rules. If you show up to class late once, you fail. If you wear a hat in my class, you fail. <laughs> okay. It's like, Jesus, Bob. Okay. So, um, so everyone, he wanted to be basically, he's like, I don't want to be looking at a bunch of unshowered seniors at seven in the morning, is basically what Bob was saying. So, everyone, you had to get up and take a shower to go to your first class, which, you know, you never do except that class. Yeah. And you were graded based on the notebook that you kept. So I kept a a spectacular notebook. I kept an in-class notebook and then I would take it back to my, you know, my, my room. And then I would actually kind of translated everything into the notebook that I turned in for my, you know, final grade. And so I had all these basketball diagrams in there and I really, you know, the penmanship was on point. This was like the one actual good document I ever produced in college. And of course it was about basketball. You know, I was all <laughs> in college. I watched the internet be invented. I literally went to the library to look, Hey, let's look at the internet. What do you think that is? You know, like, and I, I looked at it and I'm like, okay, I don't see much there. And I walked yeah. away. Um, but I kept meticulous notes and I told Calbert and Keith smart about that. And they're like, you got to bring in the notebook. I bring in the notebook, the two of them, they start looking through it and I can just see them. Like, it's like, it's like picking up, I don't know, maybe like your mom's cookbook and you're seeing all these old recipes and they're literally all these night isms and everything, Bob Knight quotes and things that he would say and wrote it all down. And just, you know, how, how, you know, the fundamentals of how he thinks you got to go out and win basketball games, his 10 commandments, all that stuff. And while I'm looking at it, Chris Mullen walks by because he was the Warriors general manager at the time. And obviously Mully played for night on the U S Olympic team. Mullen sees the notebook. He starts looking at it and in his thick, still, you know, Queens accent says, Oh, you know, can can I take this home? And he took it home and he read it. (laughs) And then he brought it back to me the next day. So I had a hall of famer, uh, two Indiana hall of famers go through my Bob Knight notebook. And so, yes, that that's what I remember more than any single game that Calvert played at the end of his career, but going over the Bob Knight notebook with Keith smart, Calvert Chaney and Chris Mullen. I thought that that was kind of a pinch me moment. That's incredible. Is there anything from that notebook that you remember that sticks out that you're watching basketball and you reflect on from something that you learned from those 7 a.m. classes with Coach Knight? It's funny because Norm Ellenberger 
would come in and actually talk about the basketball. Bob Knight would walk in there and basically say, so what have you done with your four years at Indiana? Have you twiddled your thumbs? Have you wasted your time? Are you actually prepared to go out into the world now, your ultimate freshman year? Like Bob Knight was just this backhand of reality across the class. And what I think I remember more than anything was him saying, you know, you don't assume anything because that makes an ass out of you and me. And he would write assume and he'd break it down. And like he... He was uh, he was cantankerous and nuts. And the thing is, I had been around the team long enough in Bloomington. And look, when Bobby was there, he controlled everything. Mm-hmm. He knew everything. But, you know, he, he might not know your name, but he recognized you. And he probably knew your name, too. Like, I mean, Knight was whip smart and in control of every single aspect of anything that happened inside of Assembly Hall. And so I had been doing student radio games. I had sat courtside doing play-by-play for Indiana. I had been to a thousand Bob Knight press conferences. And on that very, very first day, because the class was taught in the assembly hall media room. And on that very, very first day, I went down the wrong side of assembly hall to where I was on the side where Knight's office was. I wasn't on the uh, uh, I wasn't in the media room. So I had the only way I could get there was to cut across the court. And as I'm cutting across the court cuz I'm running just a little late on the very first day, there's Knight and Ellenberger walking to the classroom. <laughs> so I sidle up to them and I extend my hand coach Damon Bruce very excited to be in your class. He's like, I recognize you. You've been around the basketball team. And do you write for the IDS? And I said, no, coach, I'm a broadcaster. I, I'm a student broadcaster. I host a radio show. And he's like, and you're in my class this year? I'm like, yes, coach. He's like, well, you better get there before I do. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I just start double timing it, trying to get to the classroom. I walk in and I throw the door open and tell everyone, I'm like, sit down. He's coming. So... uh that, I remember that maybe more than anything Bobby said, but I look, if we ever get together, I'll bring the notebook. Yeah. Uh, I want to see that. Together, I, see I will that bring notebook. the notebook and uh, it's something for, for Indiana fans to go over for sure. That is awesome. That is awesome. Okay. So remind every, where's the best place to go to get your stuff. It's on, it's on YouTube. On YouTube. We'll put the link in the show notes. Is there a URL people should commit to memory? It's a, to, so it's just Damon Bruce plus is where I'd like you to subscribe on YouTube. Uh, you type in Damon Bruce into any place you download your podcast. You can get the podcast there as well. Uh, we'll be having special trace only episodes. So you can, you know, again, if you're not interested in the San Francisco giants, you can just avoid that stuff. Uh, we will be serving up trace on a platter for Indiana fans covering uh, yes. what looks to be with two years of uh, team options of a four year deal for trace, which shows you that they they like what they see very early on to go and extend that to him before the year even begins so um I, i'm excited about it subscribe to damon bruce plus um we we, we rhyme it because everything's pl- disney plus paramount plus damon bruce plus it's the plus baby damon bruce plus <laughs> so subscribe there download that podcast if you want to it would mean an awful lot it would help support me as i now wander into my new chapter of my career uh you know here in the in the digital marketplace uh mm-hmm. draymond green used to always use that hashtag new media and i would be on the radio and i would write him back using a hashtag old media <laughs> well draymond won that too <laughs> so <laughs> new media for everybody you gonna get this podcast as draymond would say so Please subscribe. You'd be helping me out an awful lot. You'd be helping my family. You'd be helping an Indiana alumni, and it would mean the world to me. Absolutely. We will do that. We recommend everybody else do it. Links will be in the show notes. Damon, this was awesome. Let's do it again many more times in the future. Love talking hoops with you and can't wait to follow your coverage of Trace for what should be, I think we all agree, a really successful next four years. So thank thank you you very much, Jared. You guys do a great job. Again, you, you tie me back to a town and a team that I love very much. And for that, I'm grateful. So thank you for having me on. And indeed, let's do this. Anytime you want me, you got me. Thank you. Let's do it. Thanks, Damon. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.